guys are here today. Today we're going to wrap up this series called Plank. Some of you are saying, praise Jesus, that we're finishing this and, and moving forward. Uh, but we, we, we've been talking about, you know, when you plank, whether you, anybody been to the gym this week? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody need to go to the gym this next week? Praise you. I just help gym memberships all across our region. So sign up and get in the gym, folks. But, but, but when you plank, planking is that static exercise that develops what, what uh, uh, an exercise uh, trainer would call your core. We, we, we've been dealing over the last few weeks with some core things that we believe ought to be a part of who we are as, as an individual in Jesus Christ. But as we develop these things, it not only strengthens us, but it strengthens the body of Christ as well. We talked about serving and how serving, whenever you, you get past yourself and you begin to, to, to meet the needs and serve people around you, uh, you, 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 you grow. Many of you understand what I'm talking about because maybe you've been on a mission trip or, or you've served in some form or fashion and, and you thought you were helping the other person, but in reality, God was doing a work in your life, wasn't he? He, he, he changed it. That's just what he does. We, we, we believe that, 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 that Jesus was a servant and we believe that if it was okay for him, that it probably ought to be something that we ought to give credence to and apply to our lives. Are you with me today? Say, I am. We talked about groups and Pastor Todd, our kids' pastor, don't you love Pastor Todd Weir? Come on, let's show some honor right there. He reminded us in the announcement video that Jesus was in a small group. Again, if Jesus served and if Jesus was in a group, remember, he just had 12. He just had 12 that he spent the majority of his three years of ministry with, right? Um, uh, but, 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 but groups are where you grow. We, we, we challenge you to, to be to be willing to go deeper with Jesus, right? I, I hope that none of us listening here today live or in, uh, on the internets, you say internets, you say Walmarts. You know, some people in this room do, but we pray that you would not be satisfied with where you're currently at with Jesus, that there would always be a hunger and a passion and a desire for us to go just a little bit deeper. You know that swimming in the shallow end of the pool is fun, but man, when you can cannonball and go deep and go to the drain and find those coins that your grandmother used to throw at the bottom of the pool, coins, excuse me. Um, you know she used to say that too. That's where life is. It's in the depths. We want you to go deep. Last week, we talked about prayer. Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. Luke chapter 11, verse one, the disciples come to Jesus and say, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? You see, they saw in him through his consistent times of prayer, they saw the power that Jesus possessed. This house has been built on prayer. We've been talking about that this week in our leadership setting. This house is a house of prayer. Today, at the end of our service, there are gonna be prayer warriors, a prayer team down front today, ready to, to, to receive you and, and, and come alongside of you wherever you find yourself in life today. We wanna pray. We believe that when we pray, it, it, it opens heaven and heaven comes down to us, amen? Well, today I wanna wrap up this series called Plank. Next week, we start a series called Lucky Mud. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm not gonna tell you what it's about. I want you to come back and listen. I know it's Labor Day weekend. Come, you're off on Monday. Come to church on Sunday, amen? I'll be here. And I'm telling you, I, I'm fired up. Um, but, but today, I want us to end this Plank series with another thing that I think is so important for us to develop, uh, and it's called Celebration. C celebration, not a cool in the gang song back in the seventies, although it was a great song. By the way, Sir Earl that wrote that song for the church. That was a song that was supposed to be sung in the church. There's a party going on right here, a celebration. You know it, right? 
Anybody wear an Afro in the seventies? Let me hear you clap for me. Amen. That's what we're missing in our culture today. But there's this idea of celebration that I want us to consider today that I believe is so important for us as we press in, as we develop who we are as the body of Christ, we need to get back to celebration. What we are part of this morning is celebration. This time of gathering together as the church, as the blood bought, the redeemed, the, the, the body of Christ, it's good to come together and celebrate. Richard Foster wrote an incredible book. It's kind of a classic when it comes to spiritual growth and disciplines. It's called The Celebration of Discipline. And in this book, Richard Foster makes this declaration. He says, <clears throat> celebration is central to all spiritual disciplines. And without a joyful spirit of festivity in the disciplines, they become dull, death-breathing tools in the hands of modern Pharisees. Well, what, what Richard Foster is trying to get us to understand is, listen, my, my prayer life or, or, or my, my reading of scripture, my, 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 my witnessing, my, my memory of scripture, it is so much better when we weave also in this discipline that we would call celebration. When you come to church, do you know why you come? Listen, our goal of gathering every week is that we create an environment in which we can celebrate what God's been doing in our lives throughout the week. Now, listen, if you're new here at 1910 or just checking us out for the first time, by the way, welcome. Thank you for coming today. But listen, we, we, th this is not the end all for us. Th this is just a time in which we can gather, share some stories, high five. We're, we're going to celebrate communion together today. Um, but, 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 but we leave here jacked up. We're, we're fired up to go live for Jesus back into the neighborhoods that we live in. The, 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 the groups of people we run with, those things that we call jobs in the workplace. Did you know, I believe, Richard Foss, you can be joyful even in your work. Wow. And that might just be something some of you might be missing today. But a lot of times we gather in places like that and we don't know why we're here. Some of you are here because a spouse made you come, Right. And I hope that it's because we men are making our wives come. Real men lead, Jose Bobby Perez. Real men lead. Shame on us being, being pulled by our wife. We ought to, men ought to be up and ready, gourmet breakfast, ready to run to the house of the Lord every weekend. Amen. Our kids are here and they love coming. I, love, I just met a young girl that, that, that was, came out of kids ministry today. She's crying. I'm going, oh no, had we messed this one up? She said, I don't want to leave this place. I love it. I need some crying adults in this house. Y'all are crying because it's gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression. Hee-haw. I apologize. What? We've gone in this moment, y'all know how, how skilled, I've gone from cool in the gang to hee-haw. You'd be hard pressed to find another pastor in the hill country that could do that. We gather to celebrate. You know, this thing called celebration is very, very biblical. All throughout the Bible, if you take time to read it, you're gonna find celebration. Nehemiah chapter 12, the, 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 the people of Israel traveled great and far to come back to celebrate the rebuilding of the wall. We know that when Jesus was born, that there were 
shepherds and angels and wise men that, that came to the place where he was, whether that was at his birth or two or three years later, you know, but, but, but they came and they sang songs of praise. They celebrated his birth. They prayed. They even brought gifts, but they celebrated this king. We know that, that, that throughout the Old Testament, there were special feasts and celebrations like the, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths, right? The, there's, this, there's this year of Jubilee in which Israel was constantly reminded, we gather together, we celebrate, we celebrate together. We know that even in, in, in the New Testament, it's littered with times of celebration. Last week, I don't know if you were here, but, but we celebrated scriptural baptism. Were you here last Sunday? Did you see that? And, and you know that when people come out of the water, we get a little uh, undignified here. We hoot and holler and we celebrate because someone who was lost is now found. Amen. Today, we're going to gather around this table in a few moments. And, and, and here's what we're going to do today. We're going to celebrate communion. We're not going to come to the table today with long, sad, downtrodden faces like we so oftentimes do. Yes, we should remember, but man, we're going to celebrate because do you realize what this means? It means that you and I who are far from God have an opportunity to be brought back into relationship with him because of the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Come on. I think you can celebrate that right now. We celebrate. God wants us to practice celebration. And I'm just telling you what we do here on the weekends, we call this practice for heaven one day. Because you know in heaven, that's what we're going to do every day, every minute, every hour. We are going to celebrate. I don't want you to be unprepared for heaven. Let's start practicing right now. We celebrate as the church, the blood bought, the redeemed. Those who've seen a work of God in our lives and we celebrate and say, God, thank you for what you've done. He wants us to celebrate. Some of us need to remind ourselves of that. When we gather together, it is special. John 10, 10, Jesus says, there's a thief that's come to try to steal, kill, and destroy you. But he says, but I've come that you could have a rich and satisfying life, a life that is abundant. He's come for us to celebrate, to enjoy life. Listen, I believe true worshipers understand that. We gather together and we've made celebration a part of who we are and what we do. Now, now here's what happens most of the time in our culture. Now, you guys are here and those of you that are tuned in online, thank you. But, but you know, the, 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 the most attended Sunday in the calendar year is which Sunday? Easter. Easter, we, we have around 3,000 people. I mean, we more than double, even just on this campus, and that is probably true of every house of worship. Easter, and so many people think that, that okay, he's, yeah, we, we gather together and we celebrate a risen Savior on Easter. Can I just tell you something? Every Sunday here at 1910 is Easter Sunday. He's still risen. We still celebrate a risen Savior. It's not just once a year that we gather together. It's not like the, the, the children of Israel at least gathered three times a year to celebrate. But, but listen, every time we gather, he's still alive. And we're going to celebrate that. That's why we turn it up loud and we sing even louder. Because he's worthy of that. He's alive. 
We celebrate that. And when we gather together in this room, listen, Sunday is a celebration, as I said, of what God's been doing all throughout the week. I love hearing stories of how God is using you. I look and I see A.J. Bondanza right here. And I look here and I see Charles and Kendra Hodgkins as well. These guys reaching out. I, I hear stories of how you guys are reaching out into our first responder communities, leading life groups, buying camps and establishing it for, for first responders and their families to minister to them. You know what? That's worth celebrating. That's exciting for me. And I love seeing you guys because you're just a reminder of me that you're living this out there. Thank you. When, when I hear stories, yeah. When, 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 I, when I hear stories, last week, I, I, our, our first time guest reception, we had one of our normal regular members, he snuck in, he got past the, 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 the iron curtain and he snuck in there. And I looked at this brother and he had been, you could tell he had been crying. He, he, he was saddened and I'm like, well, that's normal because I preach and that's just the effect that I oftentimes have on people. But, but, but then he said, man, I, I said, what's going on, bro? He said, man, I just had an experience with the Holy Spirit. I begin to speak in tongues. I've baptized in the spirit today. And so I merely hugged my brother. It was like I was hugging a bag of Kingsford charcoal that had been set ablaze. Pastor Gary, he was hot and on fire, sweaty mess. The brother was lit up. He was on fire. That's worth celebrating. It's what I like to hear. In, in, in just a few months, I'm just going to tell you right now what's going to happen today. There, there's going to be a time of prayer at the end of our service today. And, and there's somebody in this room today that you're in bondage. You're enslaved to something. And, and you know what's going to happen? A miracle working God is here today, and he's going to break some chains and set someone free. And you know what? We're going to celebrate that. That's what we gather for, folks. We celebrate what God's doing in our lives. Hey, hey when, when someone comes to know Jesus, is that a big deal to you? Yes. Is that worth celebrating? Yes. I'm going to read to you a passage of scripture, if I can, from the book of Luke chapter 15 today. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells two, two parables. I love how Luke 15 starts out. It says, Jesus was hanging out with tax collectors and notorious sinners. Are there any notorious sinners listening today? Let me hear you clap. Yeah. We know you are. I'm just glad you acknowledge that. So that's good. No, I'm just kidding. But Jesus was known as one who hung out with those types of people. Aren't you glad that we celebrate a Savior today that hangs out with people that are notorious for living a bad lifestyle? But look at this parable that Jesus says beginning in Luke 15, verse 3. He tells a story to the religious people of the day about what his mission was here on earth to find people far away that are broken and hurting and bring them back into a relationship. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he finds that, will he not joyfully carry it home on his shoulders? And when he arrives, will he not call his, his, his friends and his neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, scripture says, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. I love this parable because you, you, you find you know, shepherding has, has, has long been a part of, 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 of Hebrew culture. Even today, there's still some of those agrarian areas in which shepherding is, is, is a big deal. 
And, 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 and a normal size herd of sheep for a shepherd was, was 100. And Jesus uses this imagery to, to tell this story that, that, that every night the shepherd would count to make sure all of his sheep were, 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 were together. And in this parable, Jesus says there's one that's not there. And instead of just hanging out saying, well, I still have 99, I've lost one. No, no, no. We find the heart of our good shepherd, Jesus. And he goes out and he begins to look and search for the one that's been lost. And you remember what Jesus says that when the shepherd finds that one, what does he do, Shelly? He celebrates. There's joy. He invites his friends and his neighbors. There's a party. There's eating and there's drinking and there's a celebration there, right? So, so some, some commentaries say that, you know, when a shepherd goes to find the one, he has to break the legs of the sheep to put it on his shoulders. I don't buy that. I don't believe that because here's the deal. Here's what I know about the good shepherd. He's not out to hurt people or break them. The problem in this parable was not the sheep that went astray. He, but what we find in this parable, the moral of it is that, that we have a shepherd that will still come and find those of us that have gone wayward. Somebody needs to hear that today because you're not where you need to be with Jesus. And I'm telling you, I'm not here to judge or condemn. I'm just telling you, I'm just here to give you a way to come back to a shepherd that loves you and is pursuing you madly. And, and, and he, he is more concerned about the one that's lost this morning than the 99 of us that think we got it all together. Are you with me? Just past that, Jesus, Jesus has a way of socking it to people. Just kind of putting them in their place. Now, it's in a holy way, but, but he just puts it to them. I love this. And he tells another story about a lost coin. As if that shepherd story was not, or suppose there's a woman who has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and, and sweep that entire house until she carefully finds the one? And when, he, when, when she finds it, will she not call in her family? Here it is. And call in all her neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is what? Joy in the presence of God's angels when one sinner repents. Telling you, man, can't you just see this little widow? She got 10 coins. It was probably her dowry that, 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 that was given for her to be married. Or she's a widow now and she loses one of those. It's precious to her. This drachma, this, this day's wage. It's just a day's wage. You still have nine days, but no, no, she's sweeping her house. And no windows. She lights a lamp and she's feverishly looking for it. And oh, the lamp finally causes that coin to glisten under the dust of that home. She finds it. She celebrates and rejoices. That's what we do when we gather as the church. When one is lost and found, we celebrate. We turn on light bulbs. We baptize 37 people last Sunday. Guys, that is worth celebrating. I don't know what your life's been like this week, but that's been a pretty good week for me. You know, there is something electric that takes place when the church gathers together. Now, listen, I don't need a sermon or an email from you that says, I don't have to be with the church in order to worship Jesus. And you know what? You're right. You're right. But I'm telling you, there is something special that we can't replicate individually when this house is filled with worshipers. There's something special that happens. And I know you can watch other preachers that can preach circles around me, but, but there is just something electric whenever God's people gather together. 
Are you faithful to this time? Are you faithful to celebration? We need that, as Richard Foster says. We need these times in which we gather together as the body of Christ. It's a depressing, dejecting, dark world that many of us live in, right? And we get sucked into that. But oh, I'm telling you, when you walk onto this campus, there's something special that happens. Matthew says, where two or three gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. Man, I busted out. You guys know that I'm not right. And in my prayer time with a group of men in my office, I busted out into an old song. I'm sure it was on the Oral Roberts TV show that I used to watch growing up. Come on, any ORU people in the house? Yeah. We used to sing a song that talks about there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the presence of the spirit of the Lord. There are sweet expressions on each face. We could stop right there. Some of you need to tell your faces to be joyful. There are sweet expressions on each face. And I know that it's the presence of the Lord. Now check out how the chorus to that old song. By the way, anybody know that song? Here's that. It goes, sweet, holy spirit, sweet, heavenly dove. How am I doing that? Stay right here with us, filling us with your love. And for these blessings, we lift our hearts in praise. And then here's the kicker. Without a doubt, we'll know that we have been revived when we shall leave this place. Hey, church, do you leave this place revived? When you're in the presence and the spirit of the Lord, is it not exhilarating? And does it not bring refreshment and rejuvenation to you? It should. Church should not be boring. This should be the most hyped place every Sunday in all of our city. We're celebrating what Jesus has done for us. And we need this. Hey, Dave, go ahead and come on back out because it's time to get after it. Hey, we need this place. The writer in Hebrews says, let us think of ways to motivate one another towards good works and love. And let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but let us encourage one another, especially that the day of his return is drawing near. We need this. And I know that you can celebrate and have your K-Love moment on I-10 on the way through that smash em up derby called I-10, right? <laughs> do, do, do you not just pray a little bit harder now when you go to the rim? I'm like, oh, Jesus. Some of y'all need Jesus right now because you gotta go to San Antonio today. I'm just telling you. I know that you don't need this, but can we make no mistake about it? This is special. It's of God. Today, here's what we're going to do. I've already mentioned it to you, but we're going to celebrate today. One of the things the Lord told us to celebrate, we celebrated scriptural baptism last week, and I thought it'd be very fitting for us today to celebrate communion. Hey guys, listen, communion is a time of celebration. This should not be viewed as a time of obligation, but celebration. And I know for us, it's, it, it can be a very solemn time for us. And, and, and I believe that, that when we think of the cross and what Jesus went through, absolutely, it, it should tear us up. But, but can I just read, this, this is, man, you got, this is bonus Bible today. And Skip, you're right. Thank you for technology. Because I want to read you a passage of scripture real quick. 
um, from, from the message translation, but, but, but we're gonna gather to celebrate today because look what the word of the Lord says. It says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Why are we celebrating today? Because there are, we all were dead. We all had that in common, but Christ suffered. He put himself through tremendous pain and agony for you. He died so that you could live. Christ's body was broken so you could be fixed. That's why we celebrate. And so today as we come to the communion table, we're gonna celebrate today. And I love what it says here in Colossians 1. I'm gonna read from the message translation. Hey, just close your eyes. Let me read this over you right now. Beginning in verse 13, Colossians 1 says this. God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the son that he loves so much. The son who, who got us out of the pit we were in, who got rid of the sins that we were doomed to keep repeating. Come on, aren't you thankful? We look at his son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and we see God's original purpose in everything created for everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and he holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes it and he holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading, here it is. He was leading the resurrection parade. Hey, what would happen if we came to the Lord's table today and we viewed this as a resurrection parade. Charles, that's what it is. We were dead, but we've been brought to life. We were aimlessly walking around in darkness and a light came upon us. There was no hope, but Jesus. Today, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna celebrate. And we're gonna see this table as celebration and not obligation. Today, you need to know that this is the Lord's table. It's not ours. This belongs to the people of God. The people of God are those who have said yes to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You've let him come in and take over your life. This table has bread on it that's been broken. Bread is symbolic of the body of Jesus Christ that was broken. Remember what I said, his body was broken so you could be fixed. Aren't you thankful for that? There's, there, there, there's chalices of, of, of juice and wine and you, it's symbolic of the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, even the Old Testament, even people knew that without the shedding of blood, there was no payment for their sins. That's why these sheep were so important. They were part of, of, of the festival celebrations as they would bring a lamb and, and slaughter that lamb and let its blood flow. It was symbolic that the blood cleanses us and and, and purifies us. I'm telling you, the Lamb of God, Jesus, hung on a cross and shed his blood so that you could be washed clean. 
Have you said yes to this Lamb of God? Have you said yes to Jesus? So we take his body broken and we dip it in, in, in the juice and we eat. And he says, listen, as often as you do this, I want you to remember me. But today we remember that we've been given life. Are you with me today, church? This table is open for every believer in Jesus Christ, the blood-bought, the redeemed. I'm gonna pray and here's what you're gonna do. As the spirit of the Lord leads you, you're gonna exit your row this direction. To, to your right, that's right, 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 right is right. There's never a right way to do the wrong thing. You're gonna go right and you're gonna come. There's a table in each of these sections here. Come to the table, take the body, dip it and eat. And so Father, I pray that as we come to your table today, we remember the sacrifice of Jesus, but it would wow, cause us to celebrate because we've been given life. Thank you, Jesus, for the broken body and the shed blood. The table of the Lord is open. You come as the Spirit leads you.